Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. The off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Seat Time, everybody. Brian Pierce, your host for episode 190. Thank you very much for those of you that are tuned in. We appreciate it. It is December. We are starting to wrap things up for the year. We're probably going to have one or two more shows, and it's going to be a good time. But it's coming to the end of the year. We're going to make sure that we keep doing this because there is still off-road stuff to talk about. And if not, there's beer to be drank, and there's people to call in that haven't been on the show in an extremely long time, and we will unveil that guest in just a fine moment but of course seat time the online show for the offered enthusiasts is brought to you by the fine folks at fly racing kind tire and Stillwell performance for those of you who don't know fly racing can be flyracing.com is the website it's great about that you can go get that at your local dealer or go get that on their website obviously it's best to support your local dealer that is the best way to keep the industry rolling. Um, you can buy online, but hey, you know, do what you got to do. Make it happen, especially if you get some hookups, you know. That's fine, too, I guess. And then, of course, Kinda Tire USA, so kindatire.com. Best way to get Kinda Tires is through your local dealer or a distributor that you do go through online. But what's neat is they are very off-road centric. Now, they've been doing a lot of work to help build up the brand and build up um, kind of to get away the, from the stigma of being you know, a cheaper tire, a, an entry-level tire, if you will. And they've put in a lot of effort, a lot of testing, a lot of money to make really amazing off-road hybrid tires that are great, not just for racing Enduros, not just for racing cross-country, but for kind of going out in the nastier, slicker uh, type of terrain like we're starting to see in a little bit more hard Enduros and some of those extreme Enduros like the Ozark 100 miler that was just this past weekend. <sighs> so go check out Kinda Tire at kindatire.com and then Stillwell Performance at stillwellperformance.com. If you guys haven't checked them out yet, off road suspension, off road suspension, off road suspension. So I can only imagine a few of you guys out there are like, oh, my hands are always hurting or oh my gosh, I just feel like my bike's not too even I'll, you know, or just it's too harsh. However, it is. There's probably something that you can do about that, and it's going to be in the suspension. I know that Stillwell Performance can help you do that. So head head over to their website, shoot them an email, and just start a conversation with them. That's the best way to do that. And then they're going to be able to talk to you about what they think you might be able to need, and then you can kind of choose from their list of services what you think is going to fit best into your budget and with what you need. That's the way to do it. So stillwellperformance.com. Remember to keep repealing. Ew! So... Man, sorry for the two weeks. I hope everybody had a good holiday. I know I did. I drank some really high-content beers. If you guys like to keep up with that kind of stuff, go uh, to Facebook, to Instagram, all that kinds of stuff, and search for The Proper Pint. That's where Stephen and I like to post um, all of the, the beers that we drank and, and, and the sort. Um, so that's a good place to check that out. I, I did have some really good high-content beers. Um, I bought some stuff that I hadn't bought um, ever. It just went off of recommendations from people, so it was uh, an interesting holiday, good time with the family, all that stuff. Of course, uh, remember, we're on the site, seattime.co. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher now. We saw that Stitcher is updating again after many, 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 many emails. And then, um, of course, YouTube is a great way to subscribe there. We do have a chat room, which I don't even have open right now. It's tlk.io slash seattime. Uh, let me do that right now. Um, oh, well, hello, seattime chat room. Uh, oh, look, just Jared Bolt-On. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that guy sucks. Why would we have him in there? Oh, indeed. So, 
Now that I'm in there, that's good. Now other people can go in there too. TLK.io slash CTM to the chat room. And remember, you can go to Selfie and look for the TKO raw footage and get that uh, $1.99 if you buy it. If you share the link and then go to buy it, it's $1.59. So it saves you a little bit of money. That's good. So when I say, hey, holy crap, let's have a guest on that hasn't been on in a long time, I was referring to our best friend, Gingerman Jared Bolton. What is going on, Mr. Bolton? Oh, not much. Just uh, same old, same old. Hanging out at home, having fun. Right, but home is different for you now, right? You're not in the same place you used to be back when we talked to you and your cock. No, uh-uh. that's what's crazy. Like, I didn't realize it's been that long since I've been on here, but uh, I'm sitting in the same chair I usually sit in, uh, possibly wearing the same shirt I might would wear, but in a completely different house, in a completely different state. That is weird. <laughs> Very strange. Yep. Yeah, I ended up making the move to Morgantown, West Virginia. I actually worked for Racer Productions full time. So okay. that's been, been going really good and been enjoying it. What is, uh, so when you work for them full time versus, I guess, maybe just being at the races, what is that, you know, what are your kind of day to day is? What do you do? Um, little are, of everything. I'm are you, like are a, you a fluffer? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I am. Or actually, I like to say I'm kind of like a Swiss Army knife. Um, <laughs> do a little, little of this, little of that. Um, actually, we had Jen Kenyon actually left mm-hmm. to work for KTM, yeah. and uh, when she left, I actually took over doing the quick fill article on the GNCC website each week. Okay, so I do that and a lot of social media for a little of everything. Uh, every now and then, I go out in the garage and help those guys work on some quads or something. And, Sort through pictures and just uh, a little of everything. Well, that's good, man. I'm glad. Uh, would you say that this is a step in the direction for your career, a career, or just life in general? Oh, this is this has been. While it's kind of far from home, uh, it's been great, um, <clears throat> and I've I've stepped it up too. Actually, working at the races, you know, before I just kind of show up like. Thursday, like Wednesday night, Thursday morning, and just kind of cruise around and fill in arrows and everything. And then <laughs> now I've kind of like stepped up even more. And uh, actually, we'll probably get into this a little later, but there's actually a new race team that started, and Barry Hawk is actually managing that race team next year. Yeah. So that kind of leaves a void there for us as ah, far as. I was out. wondering about that. Yes, yeah. that is going to be yeah, fun to um, talk about. All right, well, we'll make sure we dive into that because I think you're going to have some stuff to say. Yeah, yep. All right, so before we get into some of the GNCC happenings of coming up, let's talk about some of the things that did just happen. So uh, we had the Enduro Cross in Ontario, California, which still freaks me out that it's Ontario, California. Like, uh, why isn't it Ontario, Canada? But still, it's not, and it's just what it is. Um, so the Enduro Cross wrapped up there, and Cody Webb came away with the championship. Now, Jared, what were your thoughts? I mean, was there any kind of doubt, like, oh my gosh, he's gonna like that he could throw it away, or did you pretty much think it was a, a you know, that he had it in the bag? Uh, you know, honestly, I haven't followed the Enduro Cross series too closely this year, so I wasn't like real, real sure how close everything was coming down to the end. But knowing what I know, I kind of figured that he would probably end up coming away with the win yeah but you know there's all it's enduro cross you never know what could happen he could have just as easy as anybody could have screwed up so i think it's really good though everything i saw the highlight clips and social media stuff it looked 
looked like a good race. Yeah, and it, what's interesting too is as you know, reading through different highlights, and that's one of the things that kind of sucks about not being able to watch everything happen live. And, and I get it; it's expensive to do. It's probably like, do they get more viewers on TV, even though they're more late, they're latent viewers to the to the program, all that kinds of stuff. Who knows? Like they obviously know that where they're making their money and where they're putting it, but not being able to watch it live we didn't know unless you read like the press release after the fact that the third heat which cody webb was actually in with taylor robert they actually rode an extra lap um and it's funny like so they're reading through it cody webb uh, on what would have been the last lap if the time if this the lapping was correct would have had the win in the heat lap but on this the extra lap last lap Taylor Robert got around him, so they didn't realize it until a little bit later and had to correct everything. So going into the main, um, into the hot, or going into the hot laps, it was actually Cody Webb and Colton Haker were still ten points apart because Colton Haker won his his uh, heat as well. So I mean, how often do you think that happens? Where it's like, well, just you know, whatever, just go an extra lap. Um, I, that's happened before. <laughs> it's not the uh, not the first time that's happened. So. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, because, like, seriously, like, is do you really think that, I mean, is it really just the guy with the flag that it's just kind of like, okay, somebody's counting and then they tell him when to throw it? Or is he, like, diligently, like, paying attention to every 10 laps kind of a thing? Well, that's, since I've moved up here, I've, I've been doing a lot more of, like, our local motocross races. And uh, the, the local motocross races, we don't use transponders or anything. So our actual flag guy, he stands there and he has to kind of keep track lap by lap by lap and granted i know they use transponders but still that flag guy he's ultimately going to be keeping track so somewhere in there somebody probably just missed a lap or i mean it, it's one of those things that happens yep i blame no one except myself because i wasn't there good call i know right for sure so uh, but what's interesting, so even though it's a recent happening, it's it's easy to just kind of bleed into the Endurocross schedule for next year. So have you had a chance to see this? It got released just recently. I don't know if it was today or early or later yesterday, but they're only in the back half of the year for 2016. It's like um, it starts the weekend after the Tennessee knockout, which is, I believe, the 27th of August in um, in Atlanta, which used to be close to you, but not anymore. And then it goes into a lot, a lot of back-to-back weekends all the way into the end of the year. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty nuts. I mean, I get it, but dang. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot different than what it's been. And actually, one thing I noticed was you know this this past year they had Daytona, and I actually I didn't make it over the race, but quite a few guys that uh, were at the GNCC actually went and watched, and they kind of said there wasn't as big a crowd as they thought there would be. So I don't know if that kind of hurt them. And I know they went to Atlanta a couple of years ago. Yep. And I think the, uh, I think the plan then was originally I'd heard that they had signed like a three year deal to do the Atlanta round. And then, so when it didn't, when it didn't happen again, everybody was kind of confused. So I don't know if the, uh, the Daytona thing had something to do with that or what. So, yeah, but it's back. So yeah. We'll see what happens. And are a lot of those, is is that like an inner circle, like in the sense that people that they would deal with when they sign contracts for venues in Atlanta, would they be dealing with kind of the same people when they would sign contracts for venues in Daytona, or are they, is it two different boys clubs? Uh, it's probably, I'd imagine those two are different. Being in Daytona, I'd, I'd imagine that the, uh, 
the higher ups with Daytona probably have something to do with it, and I wouldn't see them having anything to do with the uh, whatever the name of the arena is that they use in Atlanta. I'm, I'm trying I, to remember. That's, we a, that's to a good it. question, really. Yeah, I know it's interesting. In, in, in uh, and again, like one of the things that was the one last year in 2014 that they did the one in Atlanta, and we did the live Endurocross for that. So you can go to the Endurocross YouTube channel and you can see the live web broadcast that we did for three hours straight with about a 10-minute break um, to pee, drink, eat, and then continue onward with zero notes because no one ever brought us any notes. So, hey, you know, whatever. Um, But that was unfortunately some of the feedback that we got was that they said, hey, you know, some of the shots that you guys had, because it's not that the arena wasn't, there wasn't a ton of people. It's that because it's not full, if you show a section that's just so happens to be sparsely populated at the moment, it doesn't look good, right? And that was the thing that we learned right off the bat that they were like, you know, unfortunately, you guys showed a little too many, too many uh, shots that encapsulated a lot of the seating areas that just didn't have many people in them. And it's like, oh, yep, that would like honestly, like we knew we had two cameras, like we were trying to get the shots that we could. So, but unfortunately, when we were trying to lay out stuff, like that's not an angle in that sense that we were to think about. So, but hey, you know. Hopefully, uh, I have actually already emailed Eric Bernard when I saw the schedule come out. And I was like, hey, you're going to be back in Atlanta. It's the week after uh, TKO. We should probably do another live webcast. And it's gonna, a good idea. I know it's going to cost twice as much as it did last time because we lost so much fucking money. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's the name of the game with uh, live TV. It's usually not a moneymaker. Yeah, no, and that's okay. Like, we wanted the experience, and we got a lot. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was awesome. Like, love doing it. Would totally do it again. But we just know now, that, or know better, more along the lines of what it really costs to do something like that and what we need to walk in more with, you know? Like, the fact that we had two cameras, we need to at least have three, and by that third one, that third one needs to be on the floor for close-ups to get to the state, you know, to get to the starting line, to get to the podium when, when people are finished, like, to be moving, to be able to be very, very mobile. Uh, and, and there's a plethora of things we could go into, but yeah, so it would be cool if we got that chance. I'd like to see how that um, would go. But uh, so Taddy Blazusiak is going to be back though for 2016. So no idea if he left in two, for 2015 to go back home and get healthy. Um, there's a lot of talk about the Epstein Barr virus and things like that. He did have some different surgeries while he was home, even though he did also do some racing. So it, it's uh you know, but maybe you know he says he's healthy. He's coming back for 2016. I mean now that. Cody Webb's got another championship under his belt. He's beaten Johnny Walker at the TKO, even though Johnny Walker was sick. But racing's racing. There's no parentheses on that kind of stuff. Um, what do you think Taddy Blazusiak's walking back into? Or oh, in this case, know, riding back into? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a crapshoot. Uh, I mean, it's in a way, it sort of reminds me of uh, several years ago with the GNCCs. You know, 2000, 2005, Yuha Salmonen came in was so much faster than everybody. Right. Everybody else had to kind of step it up. David Knight came in, and at first it was a little harder for him to win because everybody kind of stepped up from having to keep up with Yuha. Mm-hmm. And Knight still ended up doing very good, won the championship both years he was here. But then after that, everybody got progressively faster and faster and faster. And now it's to the point where a lot of times somebody comes in for the first time and doesn't do so well. Right. So... This could be kind of the same thing we're seeing now. Taddy went away for a little while, 
Did everybody else step their game up? Are they going to be on the level that he was? Is he going to be on the level he was? It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a really good point because, you know, for so long, when Taddy Blazuziak came over, unfortunately, he took David Knight's, you know, uh, fire, if you will, right out from underneath him and just was just kicking butt and nobody could beat him. Five times in a row, he won that championship. But like you said, that kind of elevated the game and people realized what they had to do. And look what happened. Cody Webb beat him outright, you know, uh, in 2014. Well, now Cody Webb's got another championship under his belt, and we know that he had competition because we've seen in Colton Haker and other riders out there how much uh, Haker has progressed now that he's been on the Husky team and, and kind of off the, 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 the semi-privateer-ish, semi-supported teams that he's been on. Now that he's been on that fully supported Husky team, you can really tell that he is that much more committed and the team's that much more committed and he's that much of a better rider. So I think to your point, like we're going to see a lot more riders that have the ability to keep up with, if not beat Tadu the Zizak outright when he comes back in. Now, how mind-boggling would it be if he comes back and just totally like waxes everybody right off the bat? It's like, oh God, that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'd be. I mean, like I said, it's going to be really interesting to see. He, you never know. He could come back and absolutely dominate. He could come back faster than he ever was, or he could come back and he might not even be there. Who knows? It's just, it's a crapshoot. Yep. Well, let's look it up really quick. So we got super. Uh, let's see. We got the super enduro getting ready to start. I think. Well, it's December, so it's this month um, in Poland, right? The first round is going to be in Poland, and that's uh, Blazusiak's hometown, one. And two, uh, this is like kind of kind of be it. Like, is he back? Um, so December 5th. So this weekend in Poland is when we're going to see the beginning of the Super Enduro Championship. And I think we've got a couple guys heading over there. I don't think Cody Webb is. I think he's finishing up school. But uh, last year, Kyle Redman was over there. Um, so there might be a chance to see him over there. Um, I think a couple guys are. So that'll be cool. But we'll get to see right off the bat how is Tadej Bazuziak doing after this weekend and how he's going to do as we go into um, 2016 Enduro Cross, which they've got a lot of time to kind of figure that out. While we uh, wha- uh, finish this up, Stephen, let's play around with the idea of trying to call in Jordan Ashburn audio only. I don't even know if that's a thing. Uh, and we'll just see what happens. If uh, Obviously, Jared, if we lose you, we're going to call you right back and see how this goes. But uh, as you do that, I think it's interesting, too, um, with the, you know, we say like Beta. Beta put out that their full team roster, and they talked about, you know, Kyle Redman and Max Gerson are both, you know, they're still on the team. I think Gerson signed another two-year deal with Beta. They talked about how they're actually going to be doing other series, which is, I think, awesome. So Kyle Redman lives on the West Coast is going to be doing the West Coast Hair Scramble Series, um, you know, kind of early on in the year, obviously, and then as it kind of filters through to the back half. And then we're going to see Max Gersten at the National Enduros. That's freaking awesome. Like, I'm so excited to see that. That's going to be really neat to see, so I'm kind of excited. I think it's going to be fun. Are we, uh, are we, are we dialing everybody at this point? Does everybody know 8675309? Is that what it is? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Technology is interesting when you just push buttons. <laughs> it's almost funnier just watching Steven fight his way through this kind of stuff. Well, um, so I wonder what some of the other teams are going to do. We know Taylor Robert 
is going to be going to the World Enduro and riding over there. Cody Webb's moving over to the KTM team. We're actually going to have him on in a couple of weeks. Excuse me, before we wrap up the year. Uh, so I wonder what Mike Brown's going to be doing. It seems like Mike Brown's going to stay on Husky, but I haven't heard anything. Maybe it's going to be different. I'm not too sure. Uh, I mean, you know, there's just so many guys that it's like, what are they going to do with the Durocross being back half of the year only? I mean, they have options, but at the same time, like their money-making abilities are just truncated into such a small portion of the year. I don't know if that's good, bad, or indifferent um, to a lot of these guys or they like it better when it's more spread out so they can gain a little here, gain a little here, gain a little here, uh, especially for the guys that aren't salaried. So, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and I, actually, I think Brownie uh, Brownie should be staying with Husky. I think they uh, they put something out. Oh, it was uh, all the Husky guys have been posting, like, Instagram videos, and Brownie's in it, so he should be part of it. Nice, nice. Are we just, uh, is this just ringing for everybody? Yeah, buddy. How do you like that action? Skype away. Skype away. Let's see. We, we may not even get him. He's probably like, what number is this? Because it's not like the cell phone number. Oh. Hey, is this Jordan? Yes. Hey, what's up, buddy? We're just we're just pulling the trigger, calling you into the show live. Um, just because, you know, sometimes we just got to live a little dangerously. Well, I guess it's... Uh, Sometimes, ain't it? Hey, it is. It is. I agree. Well, we got a risk equals reward. There it is. And you took a lot of risk this past weekend just by going to the Ozark 100. And look at you coming away with the win, right? That's right. <laughs> well, congratulations on that, man. And apologies. This is the first time we've ever had you on the show. I didn't even have your stinking number. I was like, I went to text you, and I was like, Why well, don't know what? Where is this? I had to go to Jordan Bailey to get your number. I was like, This is retarded. So apologies that we have not had you on the show before. Um, I think I thought I've been on here before. Well, then how did I get in touch with you? Well, I'm sure, Jared. Who knows? <laughs> I like crazy times. We'll just keep going with it. Episode 190, folks. Where it gets weird. Where it gets weird. I do remember doing a live episode with you at. Uh, where was it? Montana one Monta- time? Montana, yeah, buddy. That was uh, the Big Sky 2013. We did have some fun. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. That was fun. I like that, being able to go to the race and talk with all the riders there on the couch. And uh, even Mike Tosh there from Kenda, he was there, and he was like, that was cool. He's like, if we could find a way to do more of that. I was like, yeah, it called money because it costs money to get there, <laughs> <laughs> which is always an interesting scenario to figure out. So, are you back home? Are you safe? Are you dry? Have you gotten rid of all the gangrene from your fingertips? I'm I'm glad to be back home and dry. But I thought I was going to freeze to death at one point. That's that's what a lot of people were saying. Now we we kind of, like we haven't like we, I, I unfortunately have not raced the event. I was really hoping to make it this year, but of course it kind of breaks down to 25 miles in the first moto, 25 miles in the second moto, and then you or no, it's 50 miles in the first moto, 25 miles, and then 25 miles in the back half. And the back half is done at night, and it's also in that kind of knockout format, if I'm if that's correct, where you have to do so well in the first, do so well in the second, to then make it to the third. Um, is that essentially how it kind of breaks down? Yeah, it definitely was. Um... I went into it kind of blind. I mean, never been so. Got a, got kind of asked if I wanted to come out, and I was like, yeah, man, yeah, I want to come out. So, uh, no, I mean, um, it was pretty sweet because I mean, there's a definitely a lot of racing going on. <laughs> yeah, and and I think it's interesting. We've seen this event get bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's 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 pulled in 
you know, some really big names, and then it kind of seems to back off a little bit, and then it's pulled in some big names, and then it backs off a little bit. But the past couple of years, we've seen to kind of keep the, the big names coming. I think this is the eighth year that they've had the event. So, you know, this is the first time that you've gone, but you've done the TKO before. You know, it, it, let's just re- kind of relate that apples to apples and say, you know, how are they doing? Is this an event that, you know, with a little, like, is is the organization good? Is the team good? You know, the club that puts this on, like, how's everything run? Um, and is it ready for the big time? Like, what other kind of ways can they maybe step it up? You know, I think it's, I think the way they put it together is really cool because unlike the TKO, every moto counts. So, mm. I mean, you got to be on top of it all day. I mean, the TKO, yeah, you get knocked out, but like all your results from every round don't count in the end. Mm, so, okay. I like the way that, that it adds up. So it's like a three moto format. And so you got to finish good in every moto to be eligible to win it. That's an interesting point. You're right. Because at the TKO, if you, once you, once you're in that last heat, you know, the final, if you will, that's it. it. Then it's just who wins first. It's not, there's no accumulation throughout the day. Okay, that's an interesting point. And I'm, that's a good point. I like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's just cool. That, and the people around there just, I mean, it was, it was really wild because like all the guys in the track and stuff were just, just so nice. And like, uh, I mean, it's, it's not really something you even see like at a lot of races I go to. And uh, I thought that was just really cool. Everybody's real inviting and, and homey feeling, especially they've never been out there or anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was about to say Missouri. For you, though, in Tennessee, I guess you're closer to Knoxville. I mean, how was that? Was That that wasn't a horrible drive, was it? Uh, yeah, I'm right between Nashville and Knoxville. So okay. It wasn't too bad of a drive. Uh, I mean, it was, it was seven hours or so, and we had to wait. We waited until my dad got off work there Friday, so... We headed out and right. drove all night Friday, so that was a little rough. But you know, it was it was good when we got out there, and just uh, like I said, the weather didn't cooperate very well. But it is what it is. Yeah, and I think you know we've seen it happen at the TKO, and at the TKO you have such a different situation when it rains there because it's you're you're already in a swamp what it feels like now granted it's not the bayou you're not you know shaking off alligators and stuff like swimming in eight foot deep water but when you're in those woods it's already moist like there's just so much humidity in the air when it rains it is ridiculously humid in there but in this situation you had something entirely different to deal with because of the fact that it's already freaking cold you get all this rain you get all this moisture added up with the slimy slick rocks um you know, did you make any adjustments to the bike or did you go, okay, I need to plan to ride different because I know now, you know, the terrain is so different from what you would do when you would attack this in a dry scenario. Uh, yeah, I mean, going out there, I knew it was going to be really muddy because, I mean, we looked at the weather and it's like, you know, 100% chance of rain and this is like, I, I kind of over thought about it and then I guess I kind of underthought about it at the same time because I only took two sets of gear. What was I thinking? I don't know. Yeah, I don't but, either. <laughs> you know, but I don't know. Uh, it was, it's totally different, I guess. Cause I mean, a lot of times, you know, I'm not racing this time of year as much. So racing in the rain this time of year is totally different than racing in the rain. Like at the TKO and it's hot and humid, like you said, and then you go out there and it's almost, it's almost like freezing rain. It's like, 
37 degrees and raining. So I don't know that that's just something that's, that's really, I guess, try to tough to try to get used to or try to figure out what to do. Cause I mean, it's like a whole new field. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and now Jared, you may have a little bit of, of insight on this. And I know, uh, Jordan, you're going to have insight on this when it's earlier in the year for a GNCC or possibly a little bit later in the year. Um, how, how does the temperature relate? Are, are you ever in a situation where it's as cold as it was and you're worrying about the frostbite and things like that? Or, you know, I mean, Jared could have possibly pulled guys over and been like, dude, where'd your fingers disappear to? Like, I can imagine that there's been a handful of times it's happened, but it may not be uh, too normal, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't happen a lot, but I mean, sometimes early in the year and then even late in the year, it can it can get pretty cold. It's it really like more so the, like the mini kids since they're racing you know, like eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for some of those kids sometimes. Cause you know, I'm wearing like two and three jackets and like thermals and four shirts and rain gear on top of all of that just to try to add some extra warmth. And they're out there in like Jersey and pants. And I'm like, man, these kids are hardcore. But, uh, there's actually been quite a few times where I've, come up on a kid sitting in the woods, like holding his hands like this and, you know, about to cry. And I'm like, Oh, what's wrong? I'm cold. It's like, dude, grab your pipe. Don't grab yourself. Grab your pipe. Yeah. That's what I say. (laughs) Like, Oh, just hold your hand behind your pipe. You'll be all right. Uh, Jordan, what's the, uh, what's the trick for you in those situations? Now, granted, you're a professional at this. Like you don't, you don't get to do what I do or what the little kids do and stop when it hurts too much. Um, so kind of like, you know, you're out at there at the Ozark 100 miler and it hurts. You're cold, you're wet. Things are freezing to the point where maybe they're about to be numb. Like, how do you mentally fight through that? Or do you even try You just never even get to that mental thought, that point. I think I was definitely at that mental point, especially, especially that second race. You know, I got a, got a kind of a bad start and I uh, got behind and fell on one of the first little hills and just. I mean, it got behind a bunch of guys and had to try to pass through everybody. And just, I mean, it was it rained the whole second moto, and I was just soaking wet by the time I even got 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 through the group of guys. And and then that was only like five miles in, so there's like 20 more miles of single track to go, and I'm already freezing. And it's just like, and I started with wet gear because I forgot another set of gear. So. At that point, I'm just like, man, I'm just ready for it to be over. Just, just finish it out and go. And it's like, they have, unfortunately, they had mile markers like every mile. So it's just like, okay, 15 miles. Oh my gosh, it's just now 16 miles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- th- I was counting down that last race. My my hands were numb. My whole like body, like upper body, was numb. <laughs> uh. And then. The final, the final end of the lap, they had the, they had a couple of little hard sections added in, and I had to turn around on this hill to go up, and then that's when it like really hit me. My body was so cold, and then it got hot, and then like just started kicking in, and blood started flowing, and it, oh man, it was, I was just, it was miserable. <laughs> it sounds like it. So we had a double D in the chat room. He wanted to know. He said, "How was the battle with Nick?" Um, he said he thought, you know, from reading around and seeing the pictures and stuff, that you guys were kind of close a couple times. So how was that battle? Yeah, it was good. Uh, especially the the first and the second motor, I didn't really ever get to see him because I pulled uh, crashed there at the beginning. But the, the first moto, we was all together, like uh, me and Nick and Jason and uh, even Stu for a while till he got away a little bit. Uh, 
we was all together, and me and Nick, me and Nick were back and forth. And I mean, first lap was just, uh, or the first race was pretty wild because I mean, 25 miles of single track that was just covered in leaves and just arrows up everywhere. And we were just going like straight lining through everything, and I mean, I don't know, it was pretty cool. Nice, yeah. It it sounded really neat. Um, reading whatever and seeing the pictures from that first moto because I liked the fact that it was, you know, there was probably a trail there somewhere under all the leaves, but they were just like, okay, here's some arrows, y'all figure it out. So I, I was like, oh, that's kind of fun because, I mean, especially when you're one of the first guys, like in y'all's case, it's just like, well, shoot, I'm going to just start putting my front wheel places and hope it's not a place that sucks it up because that's got to be pretty uh, pretty entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it was it was it was super rocky there. So I mean, like it was covering leaves, and yeah, there was a trail there somewhere. But there'd be these like little, I don't know, like uh, baby head roller rocks everywhere under the leaves and stuff. And I mean, you'd just be riding along, and boom, you'd hit one, and then you'd hit another one. And she's like, I don't even know where those are coming from. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, what bike were you on? Were you on your four fifty or one of the two fifties? I was on the 250FX. Okay, so... It's the same bike I rode at the TKO. Okay, same... You were on an FX. Now, we've got the 250X that's either... It, that's 2016, and now we're going to have the 450FX coming out this year. So, are you going to be on Yamaha again for 2016, or are you kind of teamed up with Ampro as well? Uh, we're still working on it right now. Okay. I hope so. Yeah, I, I mean, that would be great. Obviously, you've been with those guys for a long time and done really well with them. If, if you had the choice... Would you have stuck with the 250FX or would you have ridden the 250X? Uh, as of now, I like the 250FX. I mean, I've not got a chance to ride the new 250X yet, so um, kind of don't don't know much about it. But uh, you know, I like the FX pretty good for that stuff. I mean, sometimes I'd like to have a little bit more power, but uh, you know, it's it's good though. It does really good in the, in the conditions like that and. When it gets gnarly and, and rocky and stuff like that. Right on. I know. That that video of Chris Dennison using his hand to kickstart, well, to hand start, if you will, that stinking, that stinking 250X when everybody's bitching and complaining because it doesn't have an electric start. I just was like, that's great. That You're in a parking lot, not in your gear, and not on a super steep hill about to fall off the bike because that's where an electric start makes a difference. Not in the parking lot on a yep. stand. I was like, "Come on!" <laughs> so it's like that's like that's why I bitch about not having an electric start. Like that's and I love the FX having that. Like it was fantastic. So uh, yeah, it's super exciting there. Okay, so we did have a couple more questions from the chat room. Uh, Mark Cock, uh, excuse me, Mark Cook. <laughs> he wants to know how close did you know how close Nick was during the night race when you came through something special? Um. I didn't re- I kind of had an idea because uh, I had my dad was hollering at me at uh, out there on the track and he he told me I don't know uh, after the first lap or something I had like 15 seconds or something I don't know and uh, I mean there's there's just lots floating everywhere in the woods and that and so I really didn't have no idea but I mean there's a couple little couple places where I'd get away from the lots of everybody else and you'd drop down a little holler or something. And I could see if he was close. And in the first couple of laps, I, or the first lap, I could see him. And then the second lap just got a little bit bigger. And then, so I kind of was just judging off of that more than anything. And just, and hoping it was him. 
<laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, I'm here. Did I get the points? Oh my god, <laughs> somebody get me a blanket. I, I didn't. I, I didn't see any lights right behind me, so I mean, right. I, I, that's all I was going off of. <laughs> now, and this is this is not this is just a question, but do you? I don't think you do, but do you drink? Uh, no. Okay, that's okay. Um, I know that if I was in the situation you were in, though, I would have just gotten to the end, and I would have found a barrel fire, a blanket, and a bottle of whiskey. And that, that would I would have just sat there. <laughs> I would have just sat there. Like I was like, I don't know what's going to warm me up first, but one of these three things has to do the trick. <laughs> hey, they, had some, they had some pretty good chili and uh, hot cocoa after the race, though. Hey, there you go. That's fine, too. That's all right. You got you to make it happen. Whatever works for you, and that's understandable. Um, now... What stands out in your mind? Like, I think like not being at the Ozark 100 and, you know, kind of, but kind of seeing the pictures and, and, and having our friends there and everything, we were excited about it. But I think that there's probably certain things that we're all just missing, but you're the winner. You went through so much stuff to get that, to get that win over everybody else. What are, what are some of the things that maybe people haven't asked you about that really stand out in your mind about this event that, you know, we can let more people know? You know, I just, uh, I don't know, um, it's just, it was a really good race. I mean, everything was great. I don't know, maybe I need to try to help promote it a little better for more people to hear about it. And, uh, I mean, it's a, it's an awesome series, an awesome bunch of people. But uh, the the conditions and stuff was just so much more than what was, uh, I guess, seen in the pictures. And, I mean, the weather was just not very very happy with us. <laughs> yeah. No, it the weather was winter weather, but I mean it's just you never know. Like I know that that race has been semi warm and dry before, and obviously this time it was not semi dry and it was not semi warm. So <laughs> it was it's definitely interesting. Yeah, I know they t- they told me they did say yeah, um it's only been like this twice in the 8 years that we've had it and uh I was like, oh, really? Well, I happen to come on a good one, you know? <laughs> yeah. So they was like, Sweet. yeah, it's, it's usually not like this, we promise. <laughs> yeah, one, one day we'll so. come back and make more money. Son of a, it's so cold. Um, okay, so before we let you go, tell us about the whole, like, that start at the, uh, that start that you guys have at night. Like, holy crap, that's got to be so stinking intimidating. You're like, okay, i am only got headlights, and I think the turn's that direction, and I'm looking for a guy waving a flag. Maybe, I don't really know. Like, how did that go down? Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, uh, like, I didn't get a very good start in the day, and, of course, I've, I've never really raced that bike and done dead engine starts on it. So, I mean, kind of unfamiliar territory, and... um at the night, I knew the start was going to be huge at the night race. And uh, I just kind of was going into it like I got to get the best start I can and just focusing on the corner. And, like, I ain't worried about what happens after the second corner. I mean, just just have to go for it. But whatever. Just yeah. got to go for it. Hell, yeah. And then ended up getting the whole shot was just, like, unbelievable. I mean, I come in the first corner, and there's a huge rut there. You couldn't even see because it's full of water and mud and just about swapped out and crashed and somehow made it to the second corner. And then the whole grass track section was like that. I mean, it was just bottomless ruts. You couldn't even see because it was not, it was raining and the mud would keep flipping up all over your lights and stuff. And you couldn't see anything. 
Uh, <laughs> it's got to be so intense. I've done a That hand- was the worst part. Like I was, at the end of the race, I was like, I know my lights are brighter than this. And then like I get to the truck and like they're completely covered in mud. And I didn't even think to wipe them off during the race. Oh uh, yeah, you're like uh, yeah, because you're trying to figure out how to warm up your fingertips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for sure, for show. Well, cool, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, I know it's been a long time since we were in uh, in Big Sky together. And from what I understand, like there's been some chatter back and forth in the interwebs of people trying to get another national championship back going, um, especially at Big Sky. So it'd be super cool if something yeah. like that came together. I I loved that event. I'm so it's just unfortunate that I only made that event once and it's unfortunate for all the people that didn't get a chance to make that event because it was phenomenal. The one lap I did hung over as a mother was intense. So, and I wasn't racing. I was just riding somebody's 450, Brian Elliott, your buddy. Uh, so, but yeah, man, well, congrats on the win. It's awesome. Hopefully everything works out and you're back with Yamaha for next year. You guys get that, all that stuff sorted and uh, we just keep having fun on our dirt bikes, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just just give it what we got. I like it. Cool, man. Well, thank you very much for coming on, and definitely, uh, I guess at this point, have a good holiday, and we'll be chatting soon next year. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody there. Hell yeah. Oh, and uh, tell Rich Froning I said hi, if you don't mind. All right, I will. Because <laughs> he'll be like, yeah, okay, that idiot. <laughs> All right, man, take it easy. Uh, you too. See ya. Peace. Awesome. Yeah, I bet you are, Mark Cook. So Mark Cook's got talking to people in the chat room about cleaning out his stuff, and I'm like, whoa, that's weird. Him and his buddies had too much fun on that Ozark trip. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about the Sea Time Adventures video. But first, did any, anything in there get you going, Jared? Just makes you either A, want to go race that event, or B, just find a fire and not ride your dirt bike? Oh, man. I, well, actually, first <laughs> I'd need a dirt bike to ride. I don't have one right now. So It's pretty pathetic. That would help. I don't ride mine, but at least I have one. Well, definitely, like, looking at the pictures and video clips I've seen, I would absolutely love to go race that. It looks uh, right up my alley, so uh looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't know who any of those people are, but we'll go with it. Everybody likes, yeah. everybody likes love notes. <laughs> um, so... Uh, for those of you who did not see it last week when it came out, we did publish the Sea Time Adventures video. Um, we've had really good, re- we had really good response, and then, bam! Talking to a couple of our friends at Enduro Twenty One about it, and they posted up the that uh, the video, and it's gotten fantastic uh, views from those guys. So if you haven't checked out the Sea Time Adventures video, please go do that. Uh, we've got a lot of inquiries about what pricing is, what dates look like. The dates again, they're like ninety percent. 90% solidified to being ride days are July 20th through the 23rd. We're going to get there on the 19th and leave on the 24th. They'll be kind of like set up and take down days. Um, we don't know exact cost right now, but I've been talking to a couple different EMTs that we've had on the RIP with us and that have been down to the Baja Rally trying to figure that out. And that that's the main deterrent, deterrent right now um, because we don't need somebody to to say, yes, I'm in. What we're trying to just look for is what's an average cost? You know, if it's, we just need all expenses paid or it's, you know, it's this flat fee, then that's the kind of thing that we're looking for so we can average that out and kind of put out a price for for riders to attend for essentially, you know, our organizational cost to put this event on. So 
It'll be out there. But again, if you're interested, best way to figure it out, adventures.seattime.co. And there's a newsletter form to sign up at the bottom to go check that out. Now, Jared, you, you haven't had a chance to uh, watch the Seatime Adventures video yet, have you? I have not yet, but it is on my to-watch list because, right. it, like what I've seen you post, it looks pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, it is. It is. We had a guy leave a comment. He goes, let me give you some advice. Don't post videos that are over 8 to 10 minutes long. And then he's like, but man, this shit looks awesome. I think I'm going to go ride with you guys. I was like, this is some interesting. Inter- it's, it's like the whole thing. It's like, love the show, but I don't care what comes out of your mouth. Or what, like I'm like, Ugh. Like the most bipolar shit ever. <laughs> Some real backhanded comments. That's that's really nice. I like that. That's what the internet's for, right? Yeah. Make me feel bad about being myself and trying to just yeah. put shit out there. <laughs> okay, so let's get into this before we go too long. So GNCC schedule is released. We've got a couple new venues, two actually now in South Carolina. Um, so does this mean new tracks or does this mean new race venues to GNCC? These are both, both of these are two brand new places that GNCC has never been to before. Uh, but are they previous other kind of series race venues? I guess in the sense that, are you guys going out there and like cutting on a new trail? Or is trail already out there? You guys just need to like figure out how to make it work. Well, um, the new one, in, first new one will be in Georgia, actually. Okay. It's part of Georgia, and it's actually part of the Sork series that races in Georgia. Okay. And um, I actually I actually raced an eight-hour team race there probably five years ago, which um, oh, actually, you know, I don't mean to brag or anything, but uh, <laughs> did pretty good. We got third in the expert class, so uh, you know, it did pretty good back in the day. Yeah, but in all honesty, that uh, that still stands out in my mind as one of the most fun local races I've ever been to. Um, and I've never seen anywhere that the terrain was that mixed. There were places, you know, places with typical Georgia red clay, and then there was some black loamy dirt. Then there was like a little bit of sand, and then there were some rocks. Uh, it was all all crammed into like eight miles. <laughs> so uh, we've uh, we got a good one there. And actually, I was kind of looking at the at the satellite and the uh, tax mapping and everything. And actually, they own. Over a thousand acres there, so I think it should be really good. We've got plenty of room to work with. It should be a nice long loop, a lot of fun. Is that going to be one of the all three inclusive, including UTV, or is that just ATV and bikes? That is actually, since it's the second round, it is actually uh, 50cc micro, not UTVs. Okay. Um, and the reason being is for the first time ever, the UTVs are actually going to Florida. And since right. those races are back-to-back and the races tend to be a little rough on the UTVs, they tend to break stuff, <laughs> didn't want to give them two races back-to-back, so it kind of <laughs> gave them a break in between. Oh uh, Well, this is a good question. I know Double D's putting this in the chat room, and Mark Cook has been to a couple of GNCCs. I've done a handful. Well, let's just, let's just put it out there, Jared, because you've done a lot of this stuff. Um, I've never been to a GNCC. How burned in are the GNCC courses? They look similar year to year. Answer. Um, the, the stuff, if, if you're kind of basing stuff off of videos, the, the video footage usually is the same because we use a lot of the same TV spots over, but overall the courses are usually a good bit different at the very least, you know, some places you, you're kind of limited on 
space, just like any other race. So uh, at the very least, we turn it around with a few changes, but uh, definitely don't run the exact same track more than once. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be tough. I, you know, I've, and, and you can tell um, very recently, I'd say in the past handful of years, you know, you haven't seen anybody come in that hasn't done a lot of GNCCs done well. You know, we've seen Ryan Sipes do a lot better, but it's now his second year, and in the back half of the second year, we really started to get it going. Um, so next year is where we probably should expect to see him, you know, fighting for the top step of that podium. So, but you can tell that there's a little bit of, you know, knowing the terrain and knowing the area and knowing, you know, that 40% of the track that's still the same. Um, it, but that's the same everywhere. Like, we're in Texas, and... It's unfortunate that we go to the same, you know, 90% of the races are at the same damn property. They even run in the same damn way, and the same busted-ass shit is in the same stupid busted-ass place. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I'm not going <laughs> to name any names, but uh, some races I used to go to when I was racing years and years ago doing some local races, um, <laughs> they kind of get in the routine of doing the same thing, or... They will turn it around backwards, but it will be the exact same thing backwards, which is kind of a mind mind blower. But uh, overall, with with our races, we definitely the past few years, it, there's definitely been a focus on making the course quality a lot better. Yeah, and uh, I know with what little bit I'm stepping up, that's definitely going to be the focus pushing forward is to. Definitely make it more about having fun and not just about piecing together a track as quick as we can. Right. So tell us about that. Barry Hawk is no longer the trail boss and will now be leading this team, or he is the trail boss leading a team? Like, how is that all breaking down? Um, no, actually, uh, Barry left the company, our company, to go do the coastal racing team full-time. So uh, Right on. I know... That's actually, when, when Barry first retired from racing, that's actually originally what he wanted to do was start a race team, but just didn't really pan out, and he ended up getting the job with us, which has been fantastic. He's done a really great yeah. job. Past five seasons have been excellent. I think, you know, some of the best tracks we've ever had. So I'm kind of in the fortunate situation that I learned, I learned a lot from Barry, and then actually Buren Hamrick that did the tracks before him, I had some experience at the races when Buren was there. And I've also helped Buren with some of his local races. So I know what the, I know what it was like before Barry. I know what it was like with Barry and moving forward. Um, right now we don't have a 100% specific plan on who's doing exactly what as we're still, you know, kind of finalizing some things. And, uh, but I laid out eight miles of the track at the Ironman. So, uh, if you hated that, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh but definitely what involvement i have i'm my focus is giving making it making it as much fun as possible for everybody yeah well that'll be nice i like fun so yeah who doesn't i like i you like don't, fun. go home yeah you're in the you're watching the wrong damn show uh, <laughs> uh so they tell me about the second uh the second south carolina venue now that you guys have for gncc yeah and this one it's uh, at the Maury Sportsman's Preserve, okay. which they do. Um, is that like where like old, old sportsmen go to die? Like they yeah, preserve just about. Old sportsmen? No, uh, you can hunt for uh, oh, okay. just about anything there. I mean, they do 
quail, pheasant, duck, turkey, deer, just fishing, just all sorts of stuff. But what is actually really cool about the place is there actually used to be a motocross track there, which closed probably six or seven years ago. Right. And uh, actually, they just closed it. They didn't tear it down. So parts of the motocross track are actually still there. And it was actually a pretty popular, it's Camp Coker MX, which was actually pretty popular in the, in the area. And uh, I remember riding there. I always really enjoyed it. Uh, good sand track. And they always kind of trucked in sand so that the actual motocross track would get real deep, real whooped out, sort of like tracks do down in Florida. Yeah. But the woods are much more like, like the Sumter Enduro in Ooh. South Carolina. So it's more like a kind of like a sand and black dirt mix out in the woods. So I think that one, I think that one's going to be a lot of fun. And same thing with the Georgia race. They've got like over a thousand acres to work with. So should be like a lot, a lot of fun. I'm, I'm pretty excited for that one. Right on, man. Well, I am as well looking forward to seeing kind of like what I guess comes of kind of like some of the changes that we're starting to see a little bit in GNCC razor productions. I mean, holy shit, when Jared Bolton's in charge, you know, things are either awesome or just, you just, flushing things down the toilet so yeah one or the other yeah i mean it's either going to be fantastic or like buddy we're just going to see a bunch of like dudes mooning people on the side of the track well when we see that now hmm it happens yep whatever so national enduros they put their schedule out even though some of the stuff is tv tbd uh tba um but what's better is it to be determined or to be announced to be determined makes me think they're still working on it to be announced makes me think that they kind of know what's going to happen, but they're like, mm, we're not going to say nothing yet because shit ain't signed. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, to be announced is what they've got. You like TBA? And, um, yeah. Hey. Yeah. I, on, in all honesty, I haven't heard anything specific about it, but uh, my dad texted me a couple of days ago, and I'm about to pull it back up real quick to remember exactly how he worded it, but uh, it kind of... Uh, Kind of threw me for a loop, but he said, heard rumors of Wilkesboro trying to get the TBA date on the National Enduro schedule. You heard anything up in them hills? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. My internet's just came back. So hold on. Let's my chips. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, and he's referring to Wilkesboro, North Carolina. Okay. And they actually have some, they actually have an Enduro that this past year, was based out of it. Actually, it started at Powersport Graphics, started in the parking lot at Powersport Graphics. And they kind of, they've got some stuff at PG, they've got some stuff up the road. There's like seven or 800 acres up the road to use. So, uh, and I know that they had talked about that something they wanted to do was look into doing a national. So I don't know if that's going to be it or if it's going to be in Alabama, like some people have kind of guessed previously or what i don't know what uh alabama like perry mountain or yes yeah perry mountain man i have to ask i i grew up riding there actually like i really enjoyed it it was always technical i got my butt kicked because i was like the worst sea rider ever at the time um but it from what i've heard like with all the 24-hour races and everything else going on like that it's like that it's that the place is fairly clapped out like it's nowhere near as tight and as you know nasty and gnarly as it used to be yeah, you know, actually, I've only ever, I've been there, I've never been to the Gobbler Getter. I've always wanted to do it, never been there, but 
myself and Ben Weathers from PG mm-hmm. actually went to the 24-hour race. I want to say it was 2011. And uh, Ben actually just kind of gave me his dual sport bike, and he's real good buddies with the guys in the club. And they were like, yeah, you know, you, you can go wherever you want, just – you know, don't get in any racer's way. And I was like, oh, don't worry. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to do that. And actually, what they rode for the 24-hour race was all, like, kind of wide trail that it seems like that's – and from talking to those guys, that was – they did that on purpose because they wanted to save their, you know, their tight, good single track for the Enduro. Right. So, okay. And actually, I rode through some of the single track trying to, like, cut across stuff. And it's everything it's cracked out to be if you've never been. Yeah, I yeah it it yeah that's the kind of shit I grew up on, and it's weird that it took me as long as it did to become a good rider because I was in nasty, gnarly, tight shit grow like my whole you know growing up from five up until I moved to Texas. So, but hey, you know sometimes all of a sudden you just figure it out. So, um, it's the way she goes. Yeah. Okay. So another interesting bit with the National Enduros is that the announcement that they've now moved the pro riders um, back. 10 rows so they're now going to be in the 30s um, that's interesting you know and i'm glad to see that to some degree um, because i have heard guys complain about the guys that have had a, a bad race or maybe they miss a race or whatever from an injury or from you know rehabbing and they come back and they're in those mid 30s and they have a phenomenal event um, and it, they say it's because everything's a little bit more worn in and it's not totally beat out yet so it's a little bit faster so Man, that's going to be interesting, you know, and they've taken the double-A guys, that double-A expert class, and moved them into the 20s, um, and then they're going to stack up, I think, with the 30s as that happens. Oh, man, that's going to be interesting. I'm really going to be excited to see what everybody kind of has to say about that as it, you know, works itself through. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I think it'll be good for those guys for sure, and, you know, it blew my mind when I first read it. I'm like, man, you know, it's like, 21's always been the you know the first pro guy for yeah. as long as I can remember. The guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like 21. Like you're watching for 21, but now it's uh you're moving it back, but I think it'll be it'll be cool and then it gives guys guys like me if I wanted to go ride a national enduro where before I would request like road 12 to 15 somewhere in there, now mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I can get like 22 to 25 and still be good you not have to worry about holding anybody up yeah well like so as a 30a rider like and just you know middle of the road 30a rider like i would always say screw it like i like right i like talking with like the russell bobbitts the charlie mullinses and all that kinds of stuff so i'd always just sign up for the 20s and just see what happens and ride but it's like i know that in fucking in a minute somebody's gonna be on my ass but the good thing is is like being a well-seasoned enduro rider is that I know how to get my butt out of the way really quickly because I always know that there's dudes way faster behind me and me, you know, shaving off four seconds because I'm pulling over to let some dude by that doesn't equate to anything in the long run. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I, like I said, I think it'll be that. That's cool. Though. I mean, it'll and it it kind of opens up those lines for those guys too. I mean, granted. They always see different lines than Johnny C class, but uh, still, it'll. Uh, I think in the long run, it's going to make the racing even closer. I love it. So we got uh, uh, Double D in the chat room. Never been screamed at so much when the pros try to pass me, especially <laughs> Lafferty. Dude, 
dude, you got... I, and I even replied to him, Lafferty is mean. Like, it is, like, legit, like, <laughs> anger, like, coming out of that man. And it's like, dude, it... Yeah, I mean, hello, there are three... There are four, sometimes... You know, there are three, sometimes four other guys on a row with you in front, in front of you. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I remember... I remember a few years ago going to like the first four or five national enduros and just kind of, I think that like that year I didn't have a bike and uh, just kind of rode around and took some pictures and video and stuff. And I remember watching them then. And I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm not riding on like one of these roads where I'm going to get caught because like I feel bad. I know I've never ridden at an I've never ridden at a national where the pro guys are going to catch me. I've done it at, you know, some Citra Enduros and stuff where it's not quite as big of a deal. Right. You know, you still get like you get wooed, but you know, I just kind of move out of the way and it's no big deal. But uh <laughs> yeah, and Lafferty's actually one that stands out in my mind. I'm like, "Man, he's like super aggressive." But yeah. then you talk to him after the race, and he's like the nicest guy ever. So Yeah. Kind of makes up for it. I uh I I'm you know, there was a, a hair bit of a time where I was in the double A class, and I was just like, I always just, I, I was the guy that was the C rider. Like, I grew up never being fast, and it just clicked one day. I figured it out, did really well in the B class, and then I escalated quickly into the double A class. And so, having had that experience, I've always been extremely generous. I mean, like, we're talking three turns before, the second I can start seeing people, I start hollering. And not mean hollering, just making noise, revving the bike, just so people know that I'm slowly working my way up towards them. Because I hate it. I hate it, hate it, hate it. When, they, when they're just a smooth rider and they're not on the gas or anything like that, and all of a sudden they're just they're right on your tail and they're hollering at you and revving their bike. I'm like, bro, you could have given me like two or three turns easy of, of better heads up. So there's this guy, right? We're Nacogdoches, I think. Uh, no, not Nacogdoches. Uh, Sam Rayburn. Uh, gator bait enduro and he is just i i gave him the three or four turns i mean i and i then got on his ass the dude is literally blocking block blocking me on the insides to these turns and finally i was like fuck it i'm taking this guy out so i just rev the bike and i cut to the inside and just push him out well it turns out the turn i did that in the next straightaway that that's where the checkout was so i mean i really didn't have to do that i had no clue i was just like I'm getting past this shithole. And so I did. I stood him up in the corner and shot him off in the woods. The funny thing is, is there? It, it's on my dad's phone somewhere. Like, there's video of that shit out there. Like, it, it was just like, I'm not a mean guy. I'm not a jerk. I'm just like, I mean, we. the thing is, is in the video, you can't see the bikes. You can hear the bikes, and you can hear me yelling at him. And, you know, 10 seconds later, you can finally see the bikes and you can see us and I'm still yelling. And that's when I stood him up in the turn. It's like, yeah, that's a problem. Like, not just for me, but for anybody. Like, what the heck is that all about? I don't know. Yeah. You know what? I kind of did the same thing. And uh, I think it was the last time I rode Sand Lapper, either the last time or the time before that. Like, I got real into this whole thing of uh, riding on the same road with my dad and his buddies. And then I was real out of shape, so I'd let them go, or I'd go for a little while and then let them go, or whatever. But we were getting to the end of this one section, and I'd finally call back up to my dad, and I was like, man, I want to pass him, you know, getting into <laughs> yeah. the pass him. <laughs> And we got behind somebody who will remain unnamed, but it's somebody I actually know personally. And uh, this person's, like, 
a good rider, but just not a fast rider. So uh, we get behind him, and then I saw this line, and I just was like straight through the all this little scrub pine, and I'm coming out like my arms are bleeding, and then I almost T-boned the person, and right there is the end of the t- section. <laughs> You're like, like oh. I mean, it was like 20 feet, and then we get to the end of the section, and my dad's going, good line, cheater. Good one. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, next time just go ahead and just clean them out. <laughs> oh, oh man, see my dad, my dad high five the shit out of me. He was like, "Dude, I could hear you. You could, we watched the video right there with the check crew, and they were like, "Yeah, yeah, you can hear you yelling. Good job." And the guy's still cleaning himself up like in the turn, like to get into the check. And they're like, "What? That guy's a douche." Like pretty much, like it was awesome. So your dad. Apparently, wouldn't agree with my dad in that scenario. Yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't cheat. I didn't go off the trail. I just. I, made, I, I just took his trail away. Think that. <laughs> he didn't actually think that. He just wanted to bust my balls, which is about normal. So right. So in that case, it's fair game. Yeah. Hmm. He was just mad. He didn't see the line. I think. Yeah. What you should do next time when you come in and almost clean him out, you either a grab his front brake or b step on his brake pedal. Yeah. It's a good idea. I know. We do it at mountain biking all the time. <laughs> so it could get dirty. It could get dirty. Okay. So we've talked about a lot of good stuff. Some of the things that's coming up December. Uh, Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of ramp up for Supercross. I don't really. There's not a ton of off-road stuff that's going to be going on um, in a couple weeks. We're going to have probably two more shows for the rest of the year. Uh, my wife and I do have some family stuff uh, next Tuesday. Obviously, holidays. It's just it's that time. Like we're getting into those weird situations. So we've got some family stuff we need to do next Tuesday, which is it's what it is. And then so we'll be back in two weeks. And then of course we'll be back two weeks after that because we're gonna do Christmas. But I think it'll be fun to do an episode right there in the middle of Christmas and and New Year's. Um, cause we can get some fun beers, get some fun people. We can do another kind of a big discussion, big round table type of deal. Might, might try to go find a location to do it at, you know, I think that could be really cool. So look for that in a couple weeks, but two weeks I've been talking with Cody Webb. We're going to get Cody Webb on, talk about a Duro cross, Alan Rant, uh, not Alan Rant, uh, Alan Stillwell is going to come on and, uh, talk, talk a little bit more about what's been going on with the still performance. And he's working on a really cool dirt rider 350. Um, and so I think that's going to be fun. I think there's a lot of cool shit to talk about. But then, bam, we're in January, and at the end of January, we're king of the motos. So it's it's crazy to think that, oh, there's not that much to talk about. But in less than you know eight weeks, we're going to be back into racing, and it's going to be game on. So And uh, if anybody out there, currently we have we do have uh, Fly Racing and, and Kenda are awesome, and they are back for next year. But we are looking for um, a, a, a third support sponsor for 2016. So if you're out there, you just reach on out to us and let us know. We could tell you what's going on for that. So, Jared Bolton, um, congratulations on your move and losing your cock in the garage. Yeah, actually, uh, Chester's over there. Chester's over there? Okay. Yeah, he's, he's hanging out. Chester's in the room you don't use, so like it's like it's like your garage. Yeah, exactly. It it pretty much is like it is truly a garage that's actually inside the house with a man door only. A a what door? A man door. A, Human door. A man door. Yeah. In, mm, instead of a garage door. Yeah. How? Hmm. I don't. Stephen, how do we feel about that? I don't. I don't. It, it, it's 
I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. It's a room with, with maybe with, with Ador. With Ador? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know either. I feel awkward. It makes me feel not giggly. Not giggly. But hey, I'm glad to see that you're still a ginger. I'm glad to see that you're still enjoying life. Yeah. And of course, the fact yeah. that you've stepped it up at Racer Productions and told them, hey, I don't know if that's what you did, but. Congrats. Not at all. Not at all. That, that was, it, it was more like this. Like I just kind of showed up and. Uh, I live here now. <laughs> It was, literally, literally, it was almost like that. <laughs> so, and, can I get yeah. more work? I need money. <laughs> That's pretty much when, how it when they, when they saw me. you with your little homeless sign outside of the Racer Productions office. They were like, "Jared," they're like, "Hey guys, what's going on? <laughs> Handy's in the back for ten bucks. Anybody?" And they're like, "Um, yes, we'll take you up on that, but we can also offer you more." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. what was what was really funny was actually like in the middle of the summer of 2014 like when I first kind of started venturing up here one day I like I was at the office for something and I walked out to the garage oh I had suspension for the sweep bikes and uh, like I walked out to the garage and just started putting it on the bikes and Jeff Russell's like what are you doing here? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Just here. <laughs> uh I'm bolt on. I live here actually. I'm I'm in the I'm in the upstairs room. <laughs> that would be funny. They're like, no really, I do, I live here. So Jared, thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. You're the ginger oh. that we love and know so long and hard. It's been amazing. Always enjoy it. Yay. Anytime. Anytime. Whatever. Yeah. Anytime. Anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Especially. Exactly. Um, what I like is that we haven't chatted on the show in so long, but we really just do pick up right exactly where we left off in in scary places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of kind of sketchy a little bit, but I'm, I'm okay with it. Hey, whatever. I I, I knew it'd been a really long time when I realized, oh my god, this computer doesn't have Skype on it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, how do I do seat time? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, cool. Well, keep having fun at Racer Productions. Keep having fun in the house you're in. Make sure Chester stays warm at night. And we will definitely be chatting with you soon, sir. Yo, yeah, sounds great to me. Hell yeah, dude. We'll have fun and uh, enjoy the holidays. Oh, yeah, you too. Peace. Awesome. So this has been episode 190. Again, we'll have two more episodes for the rest of the year. It's going to be a fantastic time. We look forward to it. But hey, we thank you for tuning in to Seat Time, the online show for the off-road enthusiast. Uh, so thank you very much to Fly Racing at flyracing.com for their support of Seat Time. Of course, you can learn more about them from your local dealer. Go pick up some Fly Racing stuff. We're going to be doing some cool stuff in 2016. And one of the things I do say, go check out some of their cold weather riding gear because we're going to be using it coming up in 2016. And then, of course, Kenda Tire USA. So KendaTire.com, good thing. Go check out the Equilibrium and some of their other hybrid tires that they have. They work fantastic. And they're not just great for hard enduros. And, and the extreme enduro type stuff. But if you do ride in terrain that's maybe a little bit rockier, or maybe you touch on a lot of different types of terrain while you're out there riding, these are the kind of tires that you should look at. And they're great because you can run a lot less tire pressure. So they kind of grip and grab a lot more objects a lot better. I like it a lot. 
And then, of course, Stillwell Performance is stillwellperformance.com. So go check those guys out and make sure you email Alan and say, hey, I need some help with my offer of suspension. He's going to be like, okay, what's the problem? Fill out this questionnaire and we will chat and you will do that. And then he will help you out and you're going to be riding so much better and you're going to keep her pinned, as I'd like to say. You're going to have a lot of fun with it. So thank you very much to Fly Racing, Kinda Tire, and Still a Performance for your support of Seat Time. Of course, Seat Time, you can find us at seattime.co is the website. It's where everything is archived. Of course, we are on iTunes and Stitcher now. Again, thankfully, audio only. But hey, if you like our faces, go to YouTube, subscribe to us. Um, and you can find us there. We're on Facebook, so facebook.com slash seat time. We're on Twitter at seat time underscore co on Instagram. We are at seat time and we're all over the place. It's uh, we're seat time co on YouTube. Yeah, I know it gets weird, but hey, just enjoy it. Have fun with it. I hope everybody had a safe, fun holiday. If you didn't, shoot us a message and tell us about it and see what we can do to help you out. We got koozies, we might be able to make your day better. Of course, if you do leave comments or you want to give reviews, you get koozies for that too. Just leave it a good one. Like good one isn't a fun one. No, you don't have to be like, oh my God, five stars. You guys are amazing. Just have fun with it and you get koozies out of the deal. So we appreciate you guys. We'll be back in two weeks. Thank you. 